0: You're listening to a message from New Life Foursquare Church in Canby, Oregon. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to you. Visit CanbyFoursquare.com to learn more. <laughs> it really is good to see you. I like you guys, you know. It's just a lot of fun to hang out together. Christmas is almost here. Uh, how many have already done their shopping? It's done. Mostly ladies, I can see, I think. <laughs> Guys, you have just a few more days, so you've got to get out there and get it. Christmas is here. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever opened a gift at Christmas and it wasn't really what you wanted? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that happened to my wife on our first Christmas together, by the way, and I was the gift giver. I uh, thought about what I might buy her. I thought, well, I could get her something that she would really like. I, I got her this gift. I wrapped it up. Uh, she opened it, pulled it out, and immediately I could see the disappointment on her face. It was a sweatsuit, folks. It was a sweatsuit. And uh, later on, she pulled me aside and she said, did you, uh, did you give that to me to communicate that I needed to lose weight or I'm fat. Now, all of a sudden, the red lights start going off. In trouble, in trouble, in trouble, in trouble. Get out of trouble. Since then, I have not given her anything connected to or related to exercise equipment or exercise clothing. Now, I'm watching a few of you guys getting a little antsy. You may have to do some returns here in a little bit. I'm I'm just guessing. Maybe you heard the story about uh, the couple... A 60-year-old couple that uh, during Christmas time was unseasonably warm. They went out in their yard. They were working out there, and they found this bottle. And they popped the lid off the bottle, and lo and behold, a genie pops out. A genie looks at them and says, I'm going to grant you one early Christmas gift. What do you want? You can have anything. You can ask for anything. And the wife looked at her house and she looked back at the genie and she said, you know what I'd really love? We've lived in this house for 30 years. I would love to live in a mansion. And the genie said, poof, there it is. And there was a mansion. It was beautiful. Ten bedrooms, six bathrooms, manicured front lawn. It was beautiful. She was so excited. And then the genie turned to the man and he says, what would you like? 60-year-old man responded. He looked at the genie and he said, can can I have anything that I want? And the genie said, sure, absolutely. I've already told you that. You can have anything you want. He looked around over his right shoulder, his left shoulder. He felt that his wife was at a pretty far distance, couldn't hear his request. And he kind of whispered to the genie, he says, listen, I've always wanted to be married to a woman that was 30 years younger than me. And the genie said, poof, and the man was 90 years old right there. That's one wise genie right there. You know, some gifts don't turn out the way that you want. And usually when you get into trouble is when we ask for something that we want, but it's not something we really need. We've been in a Christmas series where we have been talking about Jesus Christ out of the book of Colossians. And we're looking at Colossians chapter 1, and the reason we're looking there is because it answers some questions for us during this holiday season. Some of the questions that we have answered is why did Jesus come? And we talked about that. Another question that we asked and answered is who is Jesus? But today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what is it that Jesus offers, the gifts that we really need. In the manger, on that first Christmas morning, wrapped in swaddling clothes, there were three gifts that Jesus gave you, that he gave me. And I don't know if you've been thinking about the gifts that he gives us, but he gives us these wonderful gifts that go far beyond Christmas. In fact, the gifts that he gives us Outlast Christmas. When Christmas has come and gone, these gifts remain. Now, the first gift, and I want to tell you what it is, and I love this. You know the first gift that He's given you? He's given you the gift of pardon. Jesus offers us pardon from our past, and that we have been given a pardon. Isn't that wonderful to know that I have been pardoned from the things that get in the way of a relationship that I have with God? It says so in Colossians 1, verses 21 and 22. It says, Once you were alienated, another version might say, once you were separated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through the death to present to you and to God holy in his sight, without blemish. And free from accusation. What does this mean? What it means is this. It means that my sin separates me from a holy God. That my evil behavior separates me from a holy God. Whether your sin is that you told a lie. Or you stole something from somebody. Maybe your sin is is brokenness because of some bad choices or decisions that you've made. Whatever that sinful behavior might be. B, Jesus Christ came to pardon that. He came to pardon you. He came to forgive you. He came to forgive me. You know, one of the greatest weights that we carry in life is unforgiveness. And that when we have not been pardoned, when we haven't been forgiven, that weight can be so heavy. Why did he do this? It's because he didn't want anything to stand in the way of a relationship with him. That God wants a relationship with you. That he wants a relationship with me. But my sin gets in the way. It's a barrier. It stands in the way of that relationship. He doesn't want us to be separated from one another. That's the word alienated or separated. He doesn't want us to be separated. Can I tell you what unpardoned sin creates in your spirit, in your soul? It creates a separation anxiety. That's what it creates. That deep down, when we know that our sin stands in the way between us and a holy God, there's this systemic, deep sense that I'm alienated, that I'm separated, that I can't do anything about my sin on my own. There's this systemic feeling that people, I think, have today. Some of us may have that here in this room. I know the world deals with that. There's this anxiety of being separated from the God who created you. When my boys were younger, they they got in trouble. And it was really the worst offense in our house. They talked back to their mom. And so I told them, and we used to do this. I said, okay, boys, get in my room. And they would go to the room... And closed the door. And what I told them to do is I told them, I want you to think about the offense that you've committed toward your mom. And I used to let them stew for two or three or four minutes. And I'm sure while they were sitting in that room, they felt like it was an eternity just waiting for their father to show up. Every now and again, what I would do is I would put my ear to the door. And I would listen to to their conversations while waiting to receive their punishment. And you couldn't believe all the things that they wanted to offer up to me. You know, all the things that they were willing to give me. I had them right where I wanted them. And I listened and I remember one son saying to the other, he says, I know what we'll do. I know what we'll do. We'll just tell him when he comes in here. We won't watch TV for a week. The other son says, that won't work. And you could hear this conversation going back and forth. The anxiety in their voice was at a fever pitch. And then I would open the door. And immediately, upon opening the door, you could see the relief that their father actually came in the room because the separation, the waiting was just killing them And I sat down with them and I just talked to them about what they had done. And we said that there are consequences to our actions. But I can tell you something. They were so happy to see that their father was there. They knew that they had done something wrong. They knew they had committed an offense. But in the absence of a father's presence, they were going crazy. They had separation anxiety. And all they needed at that moment to relieve that anxiety was to know that a father was coming near to them. And a father was going to help them with their sin. You know, when I walked into the room, I could just see it in their face. And even though they tried to negotiate their way out of it, we got to the resolve that we needed to get to. Listen, you can't negotiate your way out of sin. Nor can you medicate enough that anxiety that creates that deep sense of separation in your soul can go away this is why jesus came he came to offer us the gift of pardon from our past and whatever that past may be in your life when you come to jesus christ he will forgive you of your past and what he does is a miracle he relieves you of the anxiety of being separated from your father in heaven you join together now you're in relationship with him But in order for the gift to truly be a gift, you have to accept it. You have to accept the gift of pardon. I love what the Apostle Paul says. He says, for it is by grace that you have been saved or pardoned. Through faith, that's accepting of the gift. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. And then Paul goes a little further. And one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is what he says next. He says, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar off are made near by the blood of Christ. Isn't that good news? You don't have to deal with separation anxiety anymore. Uh, you can offer your sins to Him. You can confess your heart to Him. His pardon for your past and mine. His pardon for your present and mine. His amazing grace only reaches to those who commit their lives to Him. Who only accept or receive the gift. Now there's another gift that He offers us. And that gift we can see beginning wrapped in swaddling clothes. And that gift is a wonderful gift. It's a gift of purpose. So when I open this gift on Christmas and I look at what Jesus has done for me, I know I've been given purpose in life. What a wonderful gift that you can unwrap the present, the gift of purpose. God has given you purpose in your life through Jesus Christ. That's one of the things that stands out at Christmas time for me, is that I know because Jesus came As a baby in human flesh, the Spirit of God crushed, pushed down into human flesh, gives me hope. It gives me purpose that I'm not left alone. He gives us a purpose in life, a reason to live. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, it says, to them God has shown to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mercy, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. I love that. I love that statement. Christ in you is the hope of glory. That the Holy Spirit living in you makes a difference. Not only in your life to give you purpose, but influences those that you're in relationship with. It helps them find purpose as well. Now I find something pretty astounding when I read this passage of scripture. That one phrase, Christ in me, in me is the hope of glory. I I, I can't fathom that. That Christ wants to live in me. That, That he wants to take up residency in my heart. That Jesus moved from a pretty cool place. That place was heaven in eternity with his Father. He moved from there and he came down here and he's moved into my heart. Jesus moved from a pretty awesome place called heaven to a pretty broken down shack called me. Called you. With all of our frailties, with all of our brokenness, with all of our sin, the Bible says that Jesus wants to live in our hearts. He wants to take residency in our lives. That's an incredible gift. And that's what we're reminded of when Jesus was born in that manger, coming to us so vulnerable, coming to us in in weakness as a child. He's saying this, I have come to you and I want to live in you. I want to live with you. I want to be present in your life. And when we rely on the Holy Spirit in us, Christ in you, that's what gives our lives direction and purpose. If you've ever wondered, where is purpose in my life? I don't have any direction in my life. Well, that purpose and direction comes through Christ living in you. It comes through the power of God's Holy Spirit living in you. In fact, when you gave your heart, he gave his heart in return. There's an exchange that takes place. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in me communicates that there's something greater to come. Christ in you communicates, and I, and I hope that's communicated to you this Christmas season. Because the world we live in <clears throat> might not be something we get that excited about. And that we're thinking, wow, this is just an awful place to live. But Christ in me tells me this. It communicates that there is something much greater to come. And with him right now, the present is much more hopeful. It's Christ in me that my purpose has been exchanged for his purpose. That my desires have been replaced by his desires. And i got to tell you, that brings me hope. And I hope that brings you hope as well. Look at verse 28, it says this, and and here's what Christ's purpose in me looks like. Verse 28, he is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Purpose means to proclaim him, to be a witness for him. Purpose is to become mature in him and help others do the same. And so there's a question we ask of, of believers right now this time of year. How can you, with your gifts and your God-given personality, proclaim Him? What, what can you say about Him right now and what He's done in your life? That's your narrative. That's your story. Let your light shine brightly now. This is the time. This is what we do You see, I've known for a while that my purpose in life is to help make disciples that make disciples. If there's anything that goes deep in my spirit, if there's anything that I wake up at night thinking about, it's about how to make disciples that make disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. How do we continue this plan, this great commission that God has given us? It comes by proclaiming Jesus Christ. And then it goes further in verse 29. It says, to this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Can I say this? This is a process. And by the way, it's not a perfect process. And the reason it's not a perfect process is because I'm involved. You're involved. And when something goes wrong, we just don't throw up our hands and say, well, it's all over. I really messed it up. No, this word tells us, it encourages us to say, you're on a journey. You're in a, you're in a process right now, and it kind of labels that process for us. It tells us what that process looks like by using the word strenuously. Do <laughs> you know that's the same word we get um, our English word gymnasium from right here? That, that we're committing To go in and we're committing to train. We're committing to follow Jesus Christ. That this process takes on a deeper meaning during Christmas. And do you know why? It takes on a deeper meaning because of what the prophet Isaiah said. Isaiah said, a son is going to be born to you. And his name will be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel simply means God with us. And I want you to think about that for a moment. In fact, it's one of my favorite Christmas words to use. It's Emmanuel. What does it mean? It means God with us. Emmanuel doesn't mean God was with us, was with us. It doesn't mean that God will be with us. It's so much better than that. It means God is with us, and it's timeless, and it's eternal. It's in the present tense. But it's not about days gone by, and it's not about a future to come. It's about right now, God, Emmanuel, is with us. And so, if there are times during this season that you're missing loved ones, or there's brokenness, there might be heartache, I'm going to encourage you to repeat that word over and over and over again. Emmanuel. And make it personal and say, God is with me right now. That's the promise that he's given us. And that God not only took on residency in a, as a baby, he took up residency in me. That's a wonderful gift. And the last gift today that I, I see in that manger is not only has he given me the gift of pardon, and he's given me the gift of purpose. But you know something else he's done? He's given you and I a gift, a place at his table, a place where we can belong, a place where we're no longer alienated. We're not separate from God because of what Jesus Christ has done. Many of us are going to be getting around tables this next few weeks. We're going to be spending time with family and friends, some of them you like. Some of them you don't like, but you're going to be around a table. You're going to be in a room with them. You're going to be together with them. You might not like Uncle Harry, but you really like Sister Susie over here. But you know what? You know what it communicates? When you come together in a room, it communicates the fact that your family and friends because you've been invited into that space and that you're going to sit around a table and you're going to share life with one another That God has done the same thing for us through Jesus Christ. He's invited us around a table. He's invited us to belong, to have a place. I'm so taken back by the account in Luke chapter 2 about Jesus being born, the Son of God, the creator of the universe, being born in a manger. Why a manger? I mean, we can give all the logical reasons. The rooms were filled. They didn't really like them. We could say whatever we want. But I'm going to tell you why. Because what it says to you, what it says to me, is that we're all invited. That you don't even have to get dressed up to go into a manger. That you don't have to get cleaned up. That you don't have to make your life Better on your own, that you can walk in because there's an invitation for you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's incredible. I'm so glad God did it the way that He did it. You can have a place at His table, and this is a table where relationship happens. It's an invitation for a more intimate friendship. Listen, when you say to somebody, Hey, let's do lunch. You're moving that relationship down the road a little ways. That it's now just not an exchange of pleasantries. It's not just a handshake. But what you're saying is, I want to get to know you more. And I hope you want to get to know me more. And then when you invite people into your home and you say to them, hey, bring your family, bring your friends, come to my house. It doesn't get any closer than that, does it? That we come together together and we're at a table, that we're in a, a house together, it goes to another level. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, it says, For God was pleased to have all of His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. That's one thing that we need. Sometimes when our families get together, we need peace. Some of you might say, I need peace and quiet too. But it says to us that the barriers that kept us apart are no longer there because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That he's abolished those barriers and now we can come to his table. Now we can belong to him and we can belong to each other. It is a deeper, more intimate relationship. We can have a place at His table because He has reconciled us to God through His own blood. He was born in a manger. He lived a life without sin. He died on the cross and He rose again. Why? To save us. Jesus knew on that cross that He had some decisions to make. Do you remember the mockers? Those that were taunting Him? One of the things they said, they said, well, if you really are the Son of God, take yourself down. Save yourself. That's what they said. And Jesus had a choice at that moment. Jesus knew that on the cross, he could either save himself or save us. He couldn't do both. And what did he choose? He He chose to save me. He chose to save you. Jesus has given us a place with him because of the depth of his love. Denise Peraza tells a story of how a man named Shannon Johnson saved her life in the attack in San Bernardino. A young 27-year-old full-of-life woman got caught in this horrific, horrific tragedy. And during the crossfire of what was taking place and the chaos and all the awful things there, this man, Shannon Johnson, shielded her. Shielded her from harm. And she says this, she says, I will always remember his left arm wrapped around me, holding me as close as possible next to him behind a chair. I will always remember him saying three words. I got you. Shannon gave up his life to save Denise. And I don't think there is more appropriate words to use there than to say, I got you. I've got you. Jesus gave his life for me. He gave his life for you. He covered us and he took us out of harm's way. The finality of death. And through his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, he has given us a pardon. He has given us the gift of purpose and he has given us a place at his table. And I think if... Jesus would say anything to us today. He would say, "I got you. I got you." Would you bow your head with me? Would you do that? Wow, there may be a few here today that are just grappling, you know, right now with uh, with your own life, your own purpose. Wondering, am I pardoned? Well, those questions no longer have to exist in, in receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. They, they really don't. That He takes care of us and that He showed us His care for us during this Christmas celebration. And we celebrate because God became man. And that man, God, Jesus... Grew up without sin. He laid his life down. He's got you. And he rose again to give us life. What a Christmas story. What a beautiful story. That is true and real and can be your story as well. If you're in this room right now and, and you want pardon for your sin. The thing that stands in the way of you and God. You're dealing with separation anxiety. I've dealt with it before. It's an awful thing. God doesn't want you to be alienated from Him. He doesn't want you to be separated from Him. He wants to draw you close. The way He does that is when you receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. What a beautiful gift. That through Jesus we find pardon. We find a purpose and we find a place. If you're here today and you want to receive that into your life, you want to receive pardon, a purpose and a place through Jesus Christ, would you, where you are, just lift your hand? And I just want to see where your head's bowed, eyes closed. You can lift your hand so that I can see you. I just want to encourage you to make that commitment, make that declaration. Yeah, that's me. That's me. God is so good. And I'm so glad that he saved me. And he's given me a story of salvation. Father God, you are so good. And that how you've taken care of us. That you have given us gifts this season. That will go far beyond our Christmas celebrations. Will go far beyond even this life, this earth. And they extend into eternity. When we receive you, make you Lord of our lives. We are given, pardon. we are given a purpose. And we are given a place in relationship with you. Thank you. Those are things we celebrate here today. In Jesus' name we pray. And we say together, Amen. Thank you for listening. Please let us know if you have questions or would like us to pray with you. You can contact the church office most weekdays at 503 266 4444 and anytime through canbyfoursquare.com.